Welcome to the Thriving Advisor Show. I'm Ike Ikoku, founder of the Cochinaire Institute and the Seven Figure Mentor Program. We help executives create successful transitions out of corporate life without jeopardizing their current employment and without risk to their family, finances, or future. We launch business consulting practices for our clients and use that as a vehicle to establish their personal brand, their thought leadership, and to monetize their purpose, passion, wisdom, expertise, and experience. This helps them address the problem of how to design a successful transition out of corporate life and into doing something adventurous and fulfilling that allows them to have the kind of impact, influence, and income they desire in this next chapter of their life. We believe that executives who have been thriving in the boardroom with their responsibilities to their current employer can also thrive outside of the boardroom in their post-corporate life. We know that you have relevant experience, expertise, as well as a unique message and or a passion project that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right, well, let's get into today's show. What's up, good people? Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Advisor Podcast. I have none other than none other than Alec Hansen with me. And if you don't know Alex, like where have you been hiding? The dude is all over the place. Like if you've got a smartphone, a computer, if you're in the lending industry, like how do you not know this guy? I could go on and on, but I'm going to let Alex just kind of share a little bit about who he is and what he does. Alex, please take it away, dude. What's up, Mike? Uh, good to hang with you today, man. Um, I, I'm I'm nothing that special, dude. I appreciate your commentary, but I, I'm a mortgage guy. I, I'm a street kid. I've been in the business now for my eight, 18th year, um, which it's like dog years in mortgage, man. It's crazy. Yeah, and you know, I'm 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 simplistically just a street guy. I mean, I I earned my my street cred by hitting the pavement and talking to realtors and running around the the, the city to kind of build um, a physical brand and a, repu- a reputation. And I did well. I I hit all the sales goals. I hit all the numbers. I'm on all the I got all the magazines and all the charts and all that fun stuff. And I decided I would want to just go deeper in my career and look into leadership. And so, kind of fast forward, you know, 18 years later. Um, I'm running the Pacific Southwest for Lone Depot. Lone Depot is one of the best mortgage lenders in the country and uh, have an incredible team. We're on pace to fund $8 billion this year, which is a big milestone moment for us. It's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, uh, loans. And uh, yeah, just part of the changing landscape. So I've been in it you know, pre-smartphone. So yeah. you know, pre-smartphone, through the crisis, um, and now into the, the digital age, so to speak, that, that COVID really escalated. Um, but yeah, now that's, that's my story, dude. That's awesome, man. You're one of the guys who actually recognizes like what a phone book is. Like, you know, Dude, I, had, I, I joke with people like in, in order to find the open houses of my agents to go out and try to find people. Yeah. I'm one I'm one step ahead of the Thomas Guide. I never had to use a Thomas Guide, but I literally had to print out MapQuest. Yeah. From look, hit this house to this house. And then I had another MapQuest from that house to the next house. And because, mm-hmm. you know, I had a Nokia brick phone like there's I had snake on it. Like I. Yeah. <laughs> So people are like, whoa, that's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, 
Like, that is so funny. That is so funny. When I left corporate and I went into starting my own company, what I was doing was consulting and I was traveling the country. If you know anything about me, you know, I'm geographically challenged. So my wife was like this poor dude, what is going to happen to him? So like, I resonate yeah. with that whole, you know, six pages of MapQuest. How do I get from point A to point B? Oh, airport to hotel, hotel to client, back to airport. Real. It's real, man. <laughs> that is awesome. So the switch to leadership within your industry. How did that happen? Was that something you felt like was sort of a calling? You knew you'd always get there? Do you feel like you were grown, kind of homegrown into leadership? Like, what was the spark to say, you know what, I think I could probably do a better job in a leadership role than just doing what I'm doing? You know, I think everyone has their own moment. Um, so my, my father's been in lending for 40 years, and he's a big inspiration for me. I've watched his career, and he's one of the most well-respected mortgage professionals around. And I had a moment where I was at our chairman's elite, like a uh, trip, like awards trip, right? Sales awards yep. trip. And you know, all the big dogs are up and you get, you get your award, you get on stage, you see your name in lights, you know, your, your significant others with you. And it's a, it's a big thing. Yeah. And I'm sitting there to get my reward and I look up on stage and I see my dad and a couple of the senior guys um, handing out the awards and that moment of validation that they were giving people to say, I see you, you're incredible. And, and here, you know, take this award and be known for this. Um, really had a mental shift in my brain. And I started to value that over receiving the award. Mm. And, and so for me, it became this shift of, because a lot of people say they want to be in leadership and management. And I'm like, do you really, yeah. do you know what that means? That means you're second. Yeah. And that's okay. That's a wonderful thing. Yep. But like, you know, I was, a, I was, I, I liked winning. I, I, you know, I liked being in the front, you know, I played sports in college and I, that was, a, that's the thing I valued. And it, it shifted for me where I was like, okay, am I willing to take a back seat mm-hmm. and validate somebody else um, above myself? And it was, it was a mental shift. And, you know, people don't understand who you go into leadership and it's a big, in my industry, it's a big pay cut in the beginning and not that money's everything, but it does pay the bills. Yep. And so, you know, you, 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 you go back um, financially to, to go into the future and it's a, it's an interesting process in my, in the mortgage lending space, but yeah, that was a it was a mental shift. Yeah, I love it. I love I love the way Les Brown encapsulates money. It's like it's not everything, but it's it's right up there with air, dude. Like if you if you need some air, <laughs> you better yeah, be doing something that's generating all those, all those jokes are like you know money is not doesn't get doesn't get hap, doesn't buy happiness, but it's damn close. And it's like well, yeah. okay, puts yeah, a pretty serious down payment on it, right? <laughs> yep. Let's talk about your industry, man, because, you know, we're yeah. talking in the, in the green room early on and the industry is evolving as as is every industry. And yeah. I'll say a little bit about what bugged me. You know, I've, I've traversed a lot of different industries. I'm in the coaching, mentoring, consulting space, but I used to be in the financial services space. Mm-hmm. And my first book was in that arena. And one of the things that bugged me in the industry was this divergence between really like the insurance versus the investment side and how mm-hmm. because each one of them were arguing to try to command the attention of the consumer they were pitting each other against each other like as if it was one or the other as opposed to both kind of representing a good portion of your overall portfolio so i guess within the mortgage lending industry what is the one thing that bugs you about your industry as you see it today well um the oversimplification that large brands try to portray of the process Hmm. Um, getting a loan is massively complex because every human being that walks into your office or walks into your website has this gigantic complex mess behind them. 
They're not the same. They're not the same. They've yeah. made different decisions. Their credit profiles are different. Their employment's different. How they make money is different. How they spend money is different. And so to, 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 to have a brand play that says, hey, um, it's so easy to get a loan. Just come here, push this button, get your loan is massively inappropriate and confusing the consumer um, because it's not that simple. Sure. Um, we know through the crisis that there was people that got bad loans. And you could say, hey, they were led down the wrong path, but you know, they also signed their name on the wrong path and, and they, they picked. So you, you realize that the consultative value of a professional mortgage provider is extremely important. Yeah. And oversimplifying it saying, hey, you don't really need that. You just need this kind of system or this website. Um, is, is erroneous and it's harmful to a customer. I mean, yeah. there's 500 loan products available. Which one is the best for you? And how much cost should you spend on this loan? How long are you gonna have it? What, should you buy this house now or should you wait five years? Well, how much is the house gonna uh, 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 go up in value in five years? All of these things are massively complex and, and the industry tries to simplify it. Some of the big players are to simplify it and it's not, that's not, that drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> Well, because I, you know, we in the green room, we were talking about this, like the old school local mortgage guy who's sitting in the street, who in, in your community, who has probably 20, 30 years of experience in lending. Um, he can't message that this matters. There's yeah. billions of dollars being poured into it, being poured into your head, the consumer's yeah. head yeah. about how to get a mortgage and what you should do with a mortgage and what's the right place to get a mortgage. And the local guy who's probably the best option is invisible. Yeah, but, you know, so that that's what's driving me nuts right now, and that's where, if you see and consume any of my content, you know, like my one of my core messaging is we got to figure out how to how to reverse this narrative. Yeah, and and help customers understand how to make a good decision. One hundred, man. You know, I <laughs> I love technology. At the same time, I despise technology. Right? Dude, I'm a big tech dork. Look at all my crap crap everywhere. I got. I I'm, I love it. I love it, and it makes yeah. life great. But it, it does. You can't. It doesn't remove the humanity. From our existence, you can't expect that to, to just be that simple. Yeah. I mean, whether it's purchasing insurance, buying a car, the move is simplicity and one push one button, it'll be delivered right to you. So what is the competitive advantage that you feel like Loan Depot has against, and you said it, there's like 500 different loans out there, a bunch of different players trying to you know fight for that space in between your ears as to what the right path and process is. Yeah. What's your competitive advantage? You know, our chairman, Anthony Shea, has uh, has said this over and over again, and it just doesn't get reiterated enough in, in the public face, but he said it internally so much. Serve the customer the way they want to be served. Mm. So like if you're if you want to get a mortgage and, and you just want to call up somebody or have a chat bot uh, chat message on a website and get your information and get your mortgage, then you should be able to be served that way. If you want to have come down to the local office or sit down in front of a professional like me and, and or one of my team and just actually like dive into what the best option is and you should be able to serve that way. A lot of mortgage companies don't provide that type of opportunity. They just say, hey, if you want a mortgage, you got to come down my lane. And so on the core front, you know, Anthony's never forgotten that humans matter and that this is uh, a human business. And so even though the technology is advancing and there's lots of stuff we can do online, humans still matter. And then he kind of paired that with a desire and a dream to build technology that can finally deliver an experience to the customer that we haven't had in mortgage ever, ever. The crisis absolutely stopped all innovation in mortgage lending, in technology. And so the process of getting a mortgage is still super archaic. 
you got to go get all these documents. You got to send them all in. You got to get, you know, it's like getting your blood sample and your DNA and it's terrible. Yeah. And, and tech, tech hasn't really fixed any of that over the time. So it's the consultative value of the professional you're working with. And it's the tech on the back that can make the process feel really easy. Those two things are equally important. Because if you tell a, a customer, hey, just go self-educate and get your own mortgage, that's a huge mistake. Yeah. We, it's like we just lived through a giant crisis that wrecked the globe. Can, you, can we recognize that there's probably some mortgages you shouldn't get? So I, I think that's one of our big competitive advantages, an extremely tech-forward company that hasn't lost its humanity and values a local person who's in the community connecting and providing consultative wisdom. And at the same time, though, if someone wants to be all digital, we can have, we have digital solutions. Because again, if you force a customer down a path they are not comfortable with, you're going to lose that customer. And look at Uber. I mean, every, we were forced into yellow cabs because that was what you had to do. You had no other choice. It was cabs. And the second there was a viable option that, was, that, that elegantly solved the problem, mm-hmm. it was over. The consumers just like never went back. Yeah. I love it. I love it because I drive this theme home because uh, we're both active on social media. And um, <laughs> it's so funny how people lose touch of the human aspects of what it takes to build a relationship, right? So you and I are both advocates about the whole idea of, yeah, connect with me, but don't be trying to hit me up just as soon as you connect with me. Oh, right? it's the worst. It's like now I'm a commodity, right? Like there's a person there's a human being behind the profile. Like how much time and effort have you spent to get to know me? Because I tell my clients this all the time. People don't buy products and services. They buy relationships that happen to have a product or service. So I know that sounds like a big, big component of the culture behind Lone Depot. What else do you think kind of stands out, uh, especially with your role in leadership? You think about your culture. What, what kind of sticks out as a sore thumb for you guys. You know, Anthony, this is a core value of the whole organization. You can see it in represented in its people that employees and teammates is this entrepreneurial spirit Mm. of just try things, experiment, push the envelope. Don't settle for the status quo evolve. You know, don't just do what was done before because somebody told you to do it that way. Um, I, I, I thrive in that environment. I love change. I love to push out. And you can see it in a lot of our teammates. They've just started to, to wear that ethos and they're building out robust YouTube communities. They're starting um, their own podcast inside their, inside their community and interviewing you know, entrepreneurs and restaurateurs and all this cool stuff. They're, they're pushing into new ways to originate business and create relationships. Yep. And, and that really stems from the ethos of the company that gives them the freedom to say, no, no, your, your personal brand matters too. Go, let's figure out how to build that on top. Um, in mortgage, it's always been funny. Um, it, it, well, it, there's never been, it's always been about the loan professional, the mortgage guy. It's he's the brand, he's the brand, hire them, they're in the market because the mortgage company on the side, on the back, is just kind of a fulfillment house. Like you can easily swap companies. And, and I've always been upset by that because the mortgage company in the back should be so much more than a fulfillment house. It should yeah. provide value. It should bring in customers. It, it, it should provide strength to the consumer. And so that's the other competitive advantage Lone Depot does is, is Anthony's been building a really strong consumer-centric brand that people recognize. So you combine that with a powerful, built personal brand of a, of a human in a community, and you get this one-two punch of, oh, yeah, I know Lone Depot. Yeah, they're on Major League Baseball. Or, yeah, I've seen the commercials. Or, yeah, I'm familiar with this. Oh, yeah, and I also know Ike. The guy's amazing. He's at my community. He works out at the gym with me. He's on social media. I, see his po- I watch his podcast all the time. And you bring those two things together and you create a massive competitive advantage for our team. That is so huge, man. Cause I, I grew up in an environment where 
they did not foster that, right? Because mm-hmm. it was all about the company brand and anything else that was seen to be in competition with that was threatening to them. Yep, absolutely. Um, so it's a brilliant- that, That's old mentality though. That's old mentality. And, and I still see companies. I was just talking to a guy who's going to probably come work here now. He interviewed me on his podcast and he works for a competitor. And, and he interviewed me on a podcast and, and we didn't talk about Lone Depot at all. We talked about stories about being originators and the pain we're going through and what's happening in the industry. His company called him and told him to take it down or he's going to be wow. let go. Wow. Because it was a threat. All of a sudden it was this, it was, and that's all, that's all scarcity mindset stuff, right? You, you, you can see it a mile away. It reeks. But when you're that afraid, um, you're not, you're never going to empower people to be their best representation of themselves. Yep. Some smart guy said, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Same thing yes. with your employees. Like if, if it all funnels down from the top and it's like, you're the one dispelling all the wisdom and you're not empowering people to be as good or better then you know, the entire company runs on the strength of one individual as opposed to thousands of people who could have yep. valuable input as to direction and opportunities to, you know, increase brand awareness. I love it. Sounds like you guys have a really, really great culture there. Let's talk about you as a leader. Sure. Um, if you were to encapsulate your leadership style, your philosophy, your leadership mission, the brand that you're building as a leader there at Lone Depot, what would 12 people say? That's definitely Alex. That's his style. This is what he's known for. What does that look like in your world? Um, I'm in the dirt. You're in the dirt with him? I'm in the dirt, man. Because <laughs> like, like, Here's a great analogy. Or here's a great you know, moment of this. So I, in 2018, we had a uh, the beginning of what I was ca- calling the great consolidation, where there was massive pressure on mortgage companies. Margins were falling. There was, you know, you had to cut and get lean and mean and aggressive. And there were companies going out of business left and right. Stearns filed for bankruptcy. Companies were merging. Companies, uh, banks dropped their whole mortgage arm. They just said they just cut it off and said, no, nah, we're not doing mortgages anymore. I mean, it was happening. Sure. And, and then at the same time, I recognized that the world was going to an internet first world, meaning we want information or education. We go to our phones, we go to our internet first before we go to anybody else, not even our parents anymore. We just go to internet first. Yep. And so when the, all this change was happening, I was like, holy crap, you know, the local pros screwed, unless they start figuring out how to get new musculature in a new well realm of relationship building online. They're, they're not going to win. These, they're going to get absolutely outshadowed down by these mega companies and brands. And so that's part, I started writing the book. I started getting aggressive. And I, but I, I started coaching loan officers and my teammates, hey, you need to get out. You need to have social media strategies. You need to be on these platforms. And I turned around. I was doing none of it personally. And I, I just was like, I'm a hypocrite. Like, this is the worst. I'm sitting here telling people what to do because I believe in it. And yet I haven't done anything. Yeah. And so my first step into the space was to reframe social media as this cat memes and joke platform into a platform for human connection and reframe that in my brain. And then I went and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a hundred videos in a hundred days. Hmm. Every single day, I'm going to put a video out. Including and Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> every single day, hundred videos in a hundred days. Wow. And it was brutal and grueling. Um, and I, I put out way more content than that now, but I had to figure out the musculature. I had to figure out how to play. And so I just said, I'm going to play with everybody. If I'm going to tell someone to do it. I'm going to do it. That's how I started my podcast because I didn't even know if podcasting was really going to be a thing that I cared about. Yeah. But I said, you know what? If I don't go into the space and try, if I don't really give it what I got, I'll never know. And so I just, I, I'm in the dirt with the team. I don't do, I don't tell people to do things that I'm not willing to do. 
And I, I value that in leadership too. And people that I look up to, I'm like, Hey, are you really playing the game or are you just telling people what to do? I love it. I love it. I call it living your life in praxis where your intentions and beliefs match up with your actions and behaviors. And that's the only kind of leader that should exist. Right. So that's brilliant. Let's talk a little bit about your book, uh, which kind of ties into your brand bypass. Tell me a little bit about the genesis of that book, what people can expect if they were to purchase it and what you're hoping to accomplish. Well, the first thing that I have to tell everybody every time is um, I, I wrote the book and I give 100% of the proceeds away to an organization called Freedom Alliance that supports our veterans. And they do an incredible job. Use the Google Freedom Alliance. They're a great organization. Um, and mainly because, you know, my grandfather was a prisoner of war for three years in the Philippines during World War II. Wow. So there's just a lot of uh, connection I have to our veteran community. Um, and then at the same time, when I wrote the book, I felt really... Um, you can tell, like, I don't like gurus, so to speak. Um, it just kind of bothers me. It's like, well, you're, you, you can't do so you teach type of thing. And, and writing a book for me felt really uncomfortable because it, it definitely has this feeling of like, I'm important enough to write a book. Sure. And so uh, at the same time, this industry has been incredible for my career, my family, um, you know, my father, my sisters in the industry. It's been incredible. So it was almost like, a, okay, look, I, I felt way more comfortable giving the proceeds away and giving out a thing of value to people. And I give away tons of them anyway. So it's not, it's not necessarily like this financial play for me. Sure. Um, but again, I, I had this burning message of, of this. Uh, that's why I called it bypassed. I just saw this post-apocalyptic future <laughs> where the, the, the local pro who I really believe is one of the best people you should talk to to get a mortgage was just absolutely forgotten. And I was watching it happen in real time. And so I said, well, what can you do about it? And so it's my viewpoint on what you can do about it. Mm. And, you know, I, it's nothing that I don't talk about on all my, on my podcasts. It's nothing I don't talk about on all the videos I put out and all my messaging. I mean, it's all, it's all there. Sure. Um, but yeah, that was this, like, this is, this matters. This is a moment in time. And I think the book is transient in the sense that it's, it doesn't, it's not going to exist in the future. Like the topics in there are relevant for now. Sure. But if, if we fast forward 10 years, like it's going to be like, just everyone knows this, this is what you do. Sure. 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 You know? So <laughs> it's just, yeah, I'm I'm proud of it. It's a it's it's a good piece for our industry, and uh, and now I have something that I can look back on and be proud of. Yeah, I, lo- I love the legacy component too with the uh, with the charity and the organization uh, helping yeah. serve veterans. That's that's impo- that's impeccable. It's awesome. Okay. So I want you to do me a favor. You've been at this game for a minute. You were literally raised like you know. I think I read you started started off as a secretary in the industry, became originating loans, and just kind of walked your way up to where you're at. So. Yep. You've accumulated a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge. If you were to go back to that old guy who was starting out, well, that younger guy, I guess, who was starting out, and you had one message, you had one song, you had one piece of advice that you would pass on to dramatically shift the trajectory of his life. So think about that from the perspective of those local loan brokers today that are starting off fresh. Like, what's that advice? What would you tell them to do to help? help move them in the direction that they, that they need to go? It would be to connect the concept of reputation and, uh, and local reputation, right? Because I became well-known in my community because I was at all the events. I was at open houses. I was, I was meeting all these great realtor professionals. So I was building what we would call now a personal brand in, mm-hmm. amongst that community. And so connecting that understanding and how important that was to the ability to do that at scale on the internet is if I could have, if I would have seen that same thing 
really early on in my career as this whole internet thing started to become what it's become yeah um and and had that aha moment really early it would have radically changed my trajectory and so for someone today it's the same thing it's like hey local relationships matter massively you need to continue to foster those become well known in your industry locally know all the best players at the same time now there's this whole other place to play and that's this internet and that's this other place for human connection and people that are doing that now these young guns 24 year olds you know can you imagine they're going to be 35 and they have spent 10 years doing this how far they're going to be um, along in their career it's so it's really cool Really people mean. say the same thing to me. Like they say, like, "Oh, Alec, I see you on the internet all over the place. You know, you're you're you're, you're hunting me down." And I'm like, "I just started this like eight, maybe two years ago, max, maybe eighteen months. Yeah, that's it. I just I, that's when I started. So if you're looking at me and they're like, "Oh my god, you have all this stuff done," and I'm like, "No, you don't understand. This just it just compounds over time. Compounds exactly. incredible. The compound never underestimate the compound interest of creating your own content. Right? We should we should quote that one." <laughs> That's a good one, brother. That's a good one. Listen, man, it's been so much fun having you on the show. How can people get a hold of you and, uh, you know, have you come speak, consume more of your content? Yeah. You know, how do they do that? Yep. Um, it's called Google. <laughs> wow. But no, I, so, so that's you go, Rich. <laughs> everyone always asks this, at the, you know, how do you get in touch with you? And I'm like, if you can't find me within five seconds on the internet and, and, and be able to get in touch with me, amongst like 17 different platforms and like DMs from here or Facebook or like. Something's you, broken in our Come on. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And especially I, I, I coach in my sales team and I'm like, if you can't be found within three seconds, because everyone's like, oh, you know, no one hands out business cards anymore. Get out of here. Yeah, it's all digital. Like, and I'm not going to put you into my phone right now. That's like, I, that's, that's a lot of work. I just, I should be able to type in your name in and call you. That's how it should work. And that's how it does work. So true. Well, brother, I appreciate your time, and we should do this yes. again because this was a lot of fun. And yeah, uh, thank you so much for the truth bombs that you shared with us about. Absolutely, you. it's been great having you. you. All right, talk soon. Ike Koku here, and on behalf of I, thank you so much for listening to the Thriving Advisor Show. If you're a successful executive who's been thriving in the boardroom with the work that you do with your current employer, and you're starting to think of how you'll also crush it outside of the boardroom in post-corporate life, or you've already started making some strides in that direction and are crushing it with your work in the local community with local charities and with your passion project or your consulting work that's been built around your personal brand and you'd like to be featured as a guest on this program, then please visit www.thecochinereinstitute.com. That's www.thecochinereinstitute.com forward slash podcast and you can go ahead and apply to be a guest on this show now if you've got something out of this interview and you'd love to share this episode on social media go ahead and do so just take a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the social media channels if you know someone who'd be a great guest go ahead and tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag 
Thriving Advisors. Hashtag Thriving Advisors. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. You know, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs ups, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show. And it means a lot to both me and my team. Want to know more? Go ahead and go to our website, www.thecochinaireinstitute.com. That's T-H-E-C-O-A-C-H-N-A-I-R-E-I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E.com. You can also follow us on LinkedIn at Ike Ikoku. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram with the same handles. Again, that's at Ike, I-K-E, Ikoku, I-K-O-K-W-U, and Thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time.